For most of my life, I heard this story from the Gospel of Luke in a particular way, and perhaps the way that you interpret it as well. Pharisees and scribes, the righteous people, the religious ones, the ones who show up every Sunday and pay their tithes, the ones who populate the community boards, the ones who are the pillars of their society. They come up to Jesus and they confront him with a hard truth. Jesus, you've been hanging out with tax collectors and sinners. What are you doing? Jesus tells them this beautiful parable, the one about the lost sheep, the one for whom the shepherd searches for days upon days, and when he finds, rejoices at this one sheep who has gone astray. And then Jesus tells them another parable, the one of the woman who's lost her silver coin. Who among us wouldn't go searching for that coin as well and wouldn't be so happy when we recovered it? Jesus reclaims the dignity of the people that the scribes and Pharisees are complaining about. They're not just tax collectors and sinners. They're as valuable as a precious coin or an animal that is part of your flock. Let us rejoice when they return to the fold or when we put them back in our purse. That's how I thought of this story for most of my life. And it wasn't until recently that I started to see something slightly different in this story. See, I just assumed that that lost sheep, that lost coin, that those were the tax collectors and the sinners. But what if Jesus was actually talking about the scribes and the Pharisees, the very people who were bringing this question to Jesus? Think about that for a second. Jesus was simply being among God's people. He was spending time and paying attention to the people who were the outcasts of his own society. How dare these scribes and Pharisees come up to him and ask him, question him about who he should be spending his time with? Shouldn't the scribes and Pharisees themselves have been reaching out to the people who were on the margins of society? Why do they have so much judgment and hatred in their hearts? Is it possible, then, that the lost people in this story are actually the ones who are the most righteous, or rather, the most self-righteous? When you think about it that way, this message sounds a little bit different. Jesus is saying not only that there is room in God's kingdom for those who were previously outcast, but rather that there's even redemption available for the most self-righteous and obnoxious among us. You know, going through life, we're either going to be in one of those two positions at one time or another. We've all done things that we know hurt ourselves and other people. We've all really screwed up. And we need that message that Jesus gives us the ones about the tax collectors and the sinners, that we too can be found by God when God searches for us. But we also play that other role, the one of the Pharisees and the scribes, the righteous people who look down on others for their own choices in life, the ones whose own behavior we judge and look down on. And when we do that, we are also in need of redemption. 
just as much as when we are acting like the tax collectors and the sinners. Because, friends, something that Jesus knew so well and tried his best to communicate to people for all time was that self-righteousness is itself a form of spiritual poison. Do you ever see Jesus take himself so seriously in the gospel that he judges people for the choices that they make in their lives before offering them a place at his own table? That never happens. And as a matter of fact, the people who give him the most trouble over the course of his life are the righteous ones, the people who stand in the center of power, of religious power and political power in their own societies. Those are the people who question Jesus the most, not the sinners. And it's because they were practicing a form of religion that was based on judgment of others. If you don't follow the commandments the right way, if you don't practice the right things, if you aren't a pillar of society in your own right, then you don't really belong. This place isn't really for you. Jesus' message of redemption is for them too. Because when we think in such narrow terms, we are closing ourselves off from the immensity of God's love for all people. Let me just dig into this for a little bit, how self-righteousness can come to poison ourselves spiritually. When you look down on someone else for something that they have done or are planning to do, you're creating a barrier between yourself and another person. You are assuming that your choices would be better than theirs, and they are acting out of foolishness or ignorance or some impulse for self-destruction or destruction of others. And that leads to a sense of judgment. Now, there's place in God's kingdom for judgment, that's for sure. But Jesus usually reserves it for the times when he's standing up for other people. That's very different than the kind of judgment where one would wag one's finger at someone else or look down on them or offer them a little bit of a tisk-tisk. Because what Jesus desired most was to be in communion with every single person. And that form of self-righteousness and judgment, that's always going to put a barrier between us and the people that we're having that judgment for. Now, the fact of the matter is that we all engage in this type of self-righteousness. We probably do it on a daily basis in ways that we're often not even consciously aware of. It's a useful tool for navigating through life, but it's a crutch and nothing more. Jesus knows that true spiritual freedom is found when we are able to withhold our judgments for all people, to rather accept them on their own terms for who it is that God has created them to be. And when you open up your heart to that reality, to that deep truth, then you're set free. You no longer have to change the world or change other people. Rather, you can just be yourself, the person that God created you to be in the world. And by allowing God's light and love to flow through you, that's what changes the world. Not your righteous judgment of other people. Not your condemnation of the choices that other people make in their lives. 
The reason self-righteousness and judgment are so toxic is because when we're judging someone else, we're actually projecting a part of our own judgment of ourselves onto another person. Think about it. Think for a moment about that person or people in your life, and you know who they are, who you have the most judgment over. I can see them in my head right now. And isn't that a terrible feeling? But when you think about what it is about that person that makes you feel so righteous over and against them, and if you really sit with it and allow yourself to feel it, you'll see that the thing that bothers you about them is actually the thing that bothers you about yourself the most. When we indulge that impulse, when we feed it and give it fuel, it begins to take over more and more space inside of us, and it leads us to become ever more critical and judgmental of other people. In doing that, we imprison ourselves. We cut ourselves off from the possibility of loving other people and of forming relationships. And that's just what is so toxic about it. So when you find yourself being self-righteous, judging someone else, because we all do it, maybe pause for a moment. Step back and ask yourself what it really is about this person that bothers you so much. And ask the second question. What is it about myself that bothers myself? This path of self-acceptance that Jesus is talking about is truly the only way for us to be able to live together. Because as long as we're harsh on other people, we're still being harsh on ourselves. I think it's so beautiful that our Holy Scripture, the Bible, the New Testament, the Gospel, our Savior, Jesus, is dedicated to teaching us this lesson over and over again to withhold our judgment, to open up our hearts and our minds, to have this deep desire to be in communion with all people. That's the vision of the kingdom. And we need to keep hearing this lesson over and over again, year after year, century after century, because Jesus knew that whenever people come together to be religious, there's going to be some aspect of self-righteousness and judgment that we're going to have to overcome. It's as true today as it was 2,000 years ago. I've been looking at these cases that are going through the court system in the past year or so about religious liberties. There are groups, mostly Christian groups, suing to defend their own liberties, even companies, private companies, who claim that they themselves are Christian and that their rights are violated when they have to do certain things that are prescribed by the law. I was really struck by one case in Massachusetts where a Christian church operates a series of homeless shelters for people who are recovering from opioid addictions. And they sued the state not to be able to, be able to have the right not to allow places in their shelters for people who are being treated medically for opioid addiction. That means that they'd be receiving a different form of opioids that doctors have prescribed to help try to get them off of this terrible scourge of addiction. This Christian group claimed that their religious fundamental liberties are being violated because they're being forced to care for people 
who themselves are taking this medication, which they don't agree with. I can't imagine this level of self-righteousness, this judgment of people who are grappling with the darkness so great that it has overtaken their entire lives. Instead of judgment, aren't they in need of love and acceptance? Instead of isolation, aren't they in need of a helping hand and acceptance no matter what? That's just one case of but many that are before the courts in the next couple months and years. And it's an expression of the way that Christianity in this country has settled into very comfortably a form of self-righteousness and judgment of other people that I believe is truly toxic to the soul of our society. The more we are judgmental of other people, the more we are shutting ourselves and other people off from God's grace and love. And isn't that what Jesus came to free us from? No, instead, when we gather together to break open the word of God, to share in the sacraments, to sing, to console each other in grief, to lift each other up in joy, when we come together to do that, we must leave our judgments at the door and come with open hearts and open minds to greet God and one another in this holy place. Honestly, I think that one of the things that makes All Saints Church such a beautiful place for us to come to gather and do this is that we are constantly examining ourselves and our judgments. I've been here for 11 years, and over that period of time, I have watched myself, others, and the community as a whole continue to shed judgments about people because of who they are. And each time we do that, we grow ever more deeply into the faith that Jesus Christ has bequeathed to us. It's a beautiful thing. And if you've been on this journey, you know what it feels like to have yourself opened up, to let go of your judgments of other people and of yourself. It is spiritual liberation, and it is what Jesus is talking about. So my friends, we are all that lost sheep, sometimes as the sinners and sometimes as the Pharisees. We are all that lost coin, sometimes as the tax collector and sometimes as the scribe. Either way, God is searching us out. God wants us to return to the fold, and the only way to get there is to put our full faith and trust in God and God alone. Amen.